Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You are listening to the Glass Cannon Network, the premier source for role-playing game entertainment. Welcome to Cannon Fodder, a behind-the-scenes look at the Glass Cannon Network. Yo, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Cannon Fodder. It is Wednesday, July 5th, 2023. I'm your good buddy, Joey OB. And once again, I am Troyless this week. Troy is out on the FOD uh, just this week. We'll be back for the next one, but I have another special guest today, a good buddy of mine who you all know and love, Skid Mar, sits yeah. in for Troy this week. Hey, good buddy. Troyless and Cressida. I guess I'm the Cressida. <laughs> Troyless and Cressida. Oh, you never um, miss any opportunity to jam your education in front of anyone, <laughs> your intellect. That's deep right. intellect. Eat it. <laughs> Eat it, dummies. <laughs> I know Shakespeare. That is Shakespeare, right? <laughs> it is Shakespeare. Uh, it's good to have you on, pal. We haven't done a cannon fodder discussion in a while, and uh, I can't think of anybody else I'd be more excited to uh, talk to when we're both super jet-lagged. Yeah, uh, this is the perfect opportunity for us <laughs> to just zone out for probably minutes at a time and complete <laughs> silence for the audience. Yeah, you'll just hear dead air for two good chunks of time. <laughs> like, oh, we have what? just... We've just returned from what I like to call our West Coast tour. Uh, it was it was two dates, L.A. and Seattle, and we have just arrived back. And man, is it hard flying west to east? It messes me up, man. I I feel so much better when I fly out there. I don't know why. Like getting three more hours doesn't it doesn't phase me at all. But coming this way, man, I'm it's dragging. just like. It's it's such a long flight anyway, and then to have additionally lost the entire day on top of it is uh, it's depressing. It is, it is. I think yeah, that's that's it's a combination of things. It's not only tiring; it's also depressing. It is in a way, so it it drains your energy. But uh, I'm going to do my best to bring it up and and bring the bring the energy for the nation here as we uh, discuss. Man, some exciting topics this week. We're going to talk more about SideQuest Side Sesh with the the man behind Carazor himself. Excited for that. We'll talk some Blood of the Wild. We've got more show dates. I'm going to announce a couple Glass Cannon live tour dates that I don't even know if you know about. which have just been announced. <laughs> so looking forward to talking about that and maybe a little studio update for everybody. Uh, we haven't heard you once talk about the studio uh, on the FOD. So we'll, we'll, we'll get in a little of that too. Let's kick it off with, um, what should I do first? Let's kick it off with tour dates just real quick because, uh, you know, I, well, first of all, tell me how your trip was. I mean, we just got back for, uh, from Strange Aeons and you and I did not stay in the same hotels on this trip really. And, uh, we didn't see as much of each other as we would because you were bouncing around with Samantha and everything. So how was your how was your trip? How was your this, tour? This was really this was a fantastic trip. Overall. I agree with you. I, me too. I had a great time. Just a, yeah, it was really great. We were in the same hotel in L.A. I was I was also staying in the Figueroa. 
That's right. But, but we didn't stay in the same room. Not in the same room. So yeah. what went on in there at night? Well, I don't want to get into that, of course. But <laughs> 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 no, I, it was such I, – I really like that hotel. It's like an old school, like classic Hollywood hotel. Yeah. And uh, – but the, I just – I hate downtown LA so much because <laughs> – Especially when I go to a city, like, I really liked, if I want to get a sense of place, I have to walk around. Mm -hmm. And it's just not advisable to walk around in downtown LA because you'll get yelled at. Like, it's not, actually, it's not as bad this year as it was last year, I feel like. But it was like, we couldn't walk, like, last year, we couldn't walk a a half a block every time we left without getting yelled at by a stranger. In any direction. Any direction. So, yeah, but I mean, other than that, I mean, it was just so nice to be out West. I I love the West Coast. It was so, so great to see our friends out there. That was a a phenomenal, always a phenomenal opportunity. The party we had was so goddamn fun. My friend Tom Breifogel from Franchise Fan Guys came out with his wife, Anne, and uh, it was uh, just an incredible. And Lillard showed up and uh, uh, Todd Stashwick uh, stopped by. Yes, yes. That was great to talk to Todd. Yeah. It was awesome. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was great. You're right. That party was so much fun. And then the yeah. next night we had our show, which was, I mean, I thought it was killer. That audience was incredible. So loud. So packed in there. I mean, we thought we, we thought LA was kind of undersold because it didn't sell out, but it did not feel that way, man. It no, felt not at all. packed in there. That was, for my money, that was easily a top five show that we've ever done. Yeah. I just, I felt incredible after that. And yeah, and then going up to Seattle was great too. We got a nice little Airbnb in the Queen Anne neighborhood and did get to walk around a lot there. That, that always, that I always feel like more rooted once I, when I can do that, like if I'm in a new place, just like getting to explore the neighborhood on foot. So it was good doing that. And then, yeah, I love that venue. The like supper club, the triple door up there is, is very fun. And, and, and that uh, sold out. So, I mean, that was great. It was packed and awesome crowd and big show. Um, we are, we're not going to, we're not going to discuss that show. Uh, neither of these have released yet on audio, uh, besides, you know, maybe on Patreon or something, but they haven't released on the main feed at all yet. So we're not going to go into too much detail of the game story, but holy shit. The game story. Like, wait, yeah. <laughs> wait until you guys hear these two apps when they air. It's going to be awesome. And uh, by that point, Troy will be back on the FOD and we'll be able to, to go through beat by beat and break those down. So uh, we'll be a little quiet on Strange Aeons for now, but uh, it'll be, we'll be talking about it again soon. Seattle was great. I just, it, it gives me, it kind of, it gives me San Francisco vibes. Yeah, like, totally. I just feel like it's beautiful to walk around in. It's extremely hilly. It is yep. <laughs> uh, everywhere you look, every direction you look, you just see beautiful vistas. And it's even more beautiful than San Francisco, I think. I'm not, I don't know about the city itself, but the surrounding uh, imagery with the, the snow-capped mountains and everything is just yeah. incredible. The topography is like something from another another world or something it's just so alien that's one of the things about new york that i realized is you never really feel like you're in a maritime city like a seaside city when you're in new york partially because the land by the sea is so flat so unless you're right by the ocean you don't even see it Mm -hmm. whereas in like places like seattle and san francisco like there are these hills like coming out of the ocean so when we're walking to the theater from our airbnb we're like walking down these hills and you can see the ocean from miles away Mm-hmm. And and like the you know the the islands out in it and the mountains around it it's just so interesting the topography is so interesting 
And yeah, it was, uh, I, I really love it there. We both, we both did. It was, it was really great. Awesome. I had the same feeling. I thought it was a fantastic trip. Huge thank you to the LA crowds and the Seattle crowds and all of our friends uh, who came out and saw us and, and played with us. And uh, it was just fantastic. We did, we did some board gaming and stuff. It was just great. It was, it was a, really a phenomenal great time. trip. I think we just all felt like we all just had such a good time. Yeah. And the I think that really, awesome. yeah. And I think that really reinvigorates us too when we come back for the things we want to play. In fact, 100%. A little peek behind the curtain. You and I just hit stop on a Blood of the Wild session. So we just <laughs> recorded with uh, Paula, Mary Lou, and Jared. And we, we just saw them a minute ago, you know. So we yeah. got to hang out in person and it just, it, you know, it just, reunites those connections so that when you get on that uh that zoom call or whatever it is not so uh it's just fresh you know yeah and you're, you're, you're it's you so great fun stuff to talk about and plus i got to ride around in mary lou's car we both uh matt and i did that's that's a whole other <laughs> it took our the relationship to a whole other level <laughs> yes oh mary lou's car is an amazing place man we got to talk about that on blood of the wild band at some point and just oh, like yeah. let, let the nation on what goes on in her car <laughs> Uh, she's like, I can give you a ride, but it's full of garbage. Like, it's just amazing. Uh, all right. Let me run through some quick date announcements here, because this is big news before we talk about SideQuest Side Sesh. So the uh, last week I mentioned that uh, tickets went on sale for Boston. We're shipping back up to Boston, bro, uh, yeah. up to the Paradise Rock Club, which we love. One of our all-time favorite venues in the nation to play Strange Aeons. We're going to be there on September 9th. So if you didn't hear about it last week and you're or you didn't, you just haven't gotten a ticket yet, grab a ticket to that. Tickets are selling like hotcakes up there in Boston uh, from what I hear. So that is that's exciting. And then we added... Some October dates. Okay, here we go. Settle in. Thursday, okay. October 26th, we return to Chicago. Shy town baby. Yeah. We did not go. We haven't been to Chicago uh, in a year, in a, I believe. Yeah, yet. in a while. So we're back to Chicago. And this time, though, we're not playing at the Lincoln Hall. We're not playing Lincoln Hall this time. We are playing City Winery, which we played in Philly and oh, loved awesome. so much. And so they loved us too. And so they connected with the Chicago city winery and they were like, you guys should do it in Chicago too. So, uh, so they were doing the show at city winery in Chicago. It's an awesome scene, awesome venue, great food and drinks. And uh, we just love the vibe. So definitely check that out. If you're in the Chicago area, that is the last time we'll be in that area this year. But then that's on Thursday, October 26th, that Saturday night, October 28th, we're playing a city we've never played before, buddy. Brand new city that oh, I man. have never been to, except in the airport. I've passed through it a million times. Uh, I've driven through it a few times. I've never just got out of my car and, and enjoyed the beautiful city of St. Louis, Missouri. <laughs> yeah. We're doing a live show in St. Louis, baby, on yes. Saturday, October 28th. Also, at City Winery, these came together and have sort of dominoed all from that Philly show, which uh, which we loved so much. And we'll, we'll, we should be back in that City Winery in Philly later this year, too. But Chicago, October 26th, uh, St. Louis, October 28th. Go to glasscannonnetwork.com slash tour to get tickets. Very excited. Uh, have you spent any time in St. Louis? Yeah, I actually went to Mardi Gras in St. Louis in I think 2005. <laughs> really? Yeah, they have it's like the it's the nation's second biggest Mardi Gras celebration. I, I didn't think. know that. I never knew that was a thing. Yeah, it's a big big thing there. So that was uh, that was very fun. Had a lot of uh crawfish 
And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a cool city. I'm, I'm really, really excited to go back. That should be really fun. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I, uh, I've always heard good things about St. Louis and I've just, we've talked about stopping there and like staying the night sometimes when we drive to Oklahoma, cause it's right on the drive to Oklahoma. And, uh, we just haven't done it yet because usually when we get on the road, we're like, let's just get there. And we just sort of like grind it through rather than stopping along the way. And I think it has something to do with the kids being young. You know, if they're a little older, maybe you want to stop, get a hotel and do fun stuff together. But, yeah. um, yeah, I just haven't done it yet. I so think I'm our really toddlers really want to go to this Cardinals game. Like that's not really <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, Oh, it's so funny. I, right outside of my office here, right side, right outside of this room in my little hallway, there is uh, we have a wall of pictures. It's like a wall of family pictures uh, of us and the kids. And they're all just like fun pictures from being out and about. And I just remembered this. One of the pictures is one of my favorite pictures of Gwendolyn. And she's maybe five, five or six, something like that. And she's got little headphones on because she's watching her iPad while we're in the car. And she's just looking at the camera, smiling beautifully with her headphones on. And out the window behind her is the arch. It's so oh, neat. And it, it was while we were moving. I was literally in the passenger seat. I took the picture of her in the re- in the back seat and through the window, clear as a bell. You can see the arch. It's a, a great shot. That's so, cool. uh, yeah, there's a picture of the arch on my wall. So I, I awesome. got to get out there to, to St. Louis. SideQuest Side Sesh returned this summer, Skid. After a long hiatus, and a certain special character returned. <laughs> One character came back from all of the the uh, the, the the harrowing adventures of uh, of the original run, the season one. Now we'll call it of SideQuest Side Sesh. Little Knoll fighter called Karazor, and uh, people seemed so out of their mind excited at the character creation sesh to see that you were bringing him back. Talk to me about this. Was it ever a question? Did you always know you wanted to bring him back? Did Troy suggest it? Did you suggest it? Tell us what happened. Give us a peek behind the curtain. I think it was Troy's suggestion, but I would have I would have also suggested this. I was just really always grateful that he survived the events of all the previous side quests, side sessions. So, to me, I've always wanted to continue on with that, his part in that story. That uh, that was always really exciting to me. So, yeah, it's uh, it's great. I feel like he's maybe he's mellowed a little bit in his the intervening years. He's a little bit older. Yeah, because years have passed in the story, right? Yeah, he's yeah. a little more wizened uh, and a little, little little gray in his coat. Um, <laughs> but so, uh, he's still, I think he's still very a very high opinion of himself and a low opinion of almost everyone else. For anyone that might have missed uh, character creation or, or didn't have time to jump in, talk to me about the transition to 2E with Karazor. Uh, what were some of your thoughts on the build as you, you went in to make him in, in 2E? I can't really remember what my build was because I, di- I didn't. I, there was this was something that I did on the old Hero Lab app, so I have it in my I think in my iPad somewhere, but I never looked at it. I just remember building a fighter, and it was like you know, two E is it's just so different that I was just like, well, I'm just gonna basically start from scratch and just remember some basic things like. I know that he had his, one of his big moves is this overhead chop with a great sword. So it's just like, I just kind of built around the great sword. And other than that, I just, uh, yeah, I got the, the Noel template in there and try to get some of his backstory stuff, uh, make it make sense of, uh, rule wise with the character build. So 
Yeah, it just does. I gave him power attack. Uh, he has exacting strike, which I don't even know if he'll ever honestly use. But I have that. That and uh, he has because of his noble background, he has courtly graces, so that allows him to use society in place of diplomacy, which is good because he doesn't have much diplomacy. <laughs> so uh, it's yeah, it's it was it was, but it was cool just kind of rebuilding him and sort of getting used to him in this new kind of format. Um, yeah, it was. Um uh, I, I really like exacting strike. I was looking at that when I was when I was like sort of pre-building my character for side quest side sesh, and I was like, "This is this is awesome." I mean, if you miss, you don't take the multiple attack penalty, right? Isn't that what that feat is? I think you'll use that a lot. Yeah, no, I don't think so because it has the press trait, so you can't use it with your first attack. And usually, my first option is going to be my power attack, so that's two oh, actions right there. Got it. So, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to be able to use it as much as I thought I would when I first took it, but uh, it's it's possible. If I don't open with Power Attack, then yeah, I'll definitely use it. So, what were your thoughts as the group came together uh, and you started to see everybody's sort of ancestries and classes? What was going through your head? <laughs> it was just so exciting to just get back to the attitude of Side Quest Side Sesh, which is just sillier. Uh <laughs> You know, I, I think we still end up, we take the story seriously, but we just kind of take some of the atmosphere a little less seriously. So, it, it was really fun. Like, you're, you're, you're the uh, champ kindly. Uh, the skeleton was just, that was a very, very, very strong, very good character choices there, portrayal-wise. Uh, very, very nice. Uh, Jared's fun character. Like, Jared's <laughs> bard is like it's really really cracking me up and uh yeah uh yeah. and then Matthew's I mean come on to round it out Matthew's I, automaton is I know amazing. yeah the the psychotic automaton is great although I it really I am always going to miss the crystal ghost and all of the resulting humor around having yes a costumed vigilante in a pathfinder scenario uh, that, I will miss that, but but no, yeah, the 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 yeah, I, I love the group is honestly great. I really really love this group. It's just really insane and fun. So yeah, uh, so we get through this week's episode, which ends with um, uh, minor spoilers here, but uh, it it ends with the finding of a of a golden coin of like a kind of money that none of us have ever seen before, which is always a fun thing to get in a jungle trek. And so we haven't really seen uh, any of these characters in combat yet, which I'm curious to see. I'm excited to see how that plays out. Uh, but we do roll a bunch of dice in this episode because there's a lot of like mini game kind of stuff. Uh, that goes down in the jungle. Uh, so t tell me about some of your, your thoughts on that. Do you like uh, mini games? Do you like jamming mini games? Do you like playing mini games? How do you, how do you usually feel when they come up in a scenario? It's kind of weird because the, normally the main place that they get, they find use is in Pathfinder society scenarios. That's yeah, true. It's like that, that is, seems to be a common kind of tool that they use in those yeah i feel like part of the idea right is these people are playing so many adventures all the time uh mm -hmm. that are so formulaic that like to try to shake things up a little bit and try to you know 
change a mechanic and introduce a new mechanic for people to play with uh, is is one of the goals of the society, I would guess. Yeah. Uh, I, I really do like it, though. I like them generally. I love those sort of sort of proprietary mechanics within an adventure. I, I really like that stuff. It's, uh, I guess you could overuse it uh, if, you know, but, but I, it does, it, it does help keep things interesting and add a little flavor to the story. So uh, yeah, I, I like, I like it generally as long as it doesn't impact me negatively too much. <laughs> in which case i don't like it at all yeah, I, thought I, it was, it. I thought it was really fun going through the jungle stuff i was like this is just really cool to like try to really show an experience what it's like to be in these kind of environments the with the bugs and the heat and the you know the um yeah, I, I don't want to go into too much detail, but basically, uh, these things can wear away at you as a character. They can chip away, yeah. whether it's at your hit points or your or you get conditions put on you that you then have to deal with if you come across a real encounter. So all of that is really uh, it's 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 an interesting thing to have in there, and, and I was yeah. I was glad we did it. It can really help establish a tone and mm-hmm. atmosphere in a way like having this tangible effect on your character. It can be really effective. In, you know, sort of creating an image in your mind of a place like where you are that uh, that's that's what I really like most about, especially in the one in 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 this one that we're playing like that that works great. I thought, is this the first time in 2E that you're playing a fighter? I think so. I believe so. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll have to come back to you. I don't. I don't know um, the next time we'll get you on the FOD, but maybe we'll just bant about it on air at some point during the show. But, I, you know, I just want to know what you think about it, what you, you know, how you feel about the mechanics of the, of the gameplay of the fighter in combat. Because, sure. um, yeah, Marshally, you've, you've played a barbarian, you, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about in a minute, too, when we talk about Blood of the Wild. You've played a monk uh, as part of the, whatchamacallit, um, the... Uh, Oh my god! Why am I blanking? What is the the the, uh, uh, the Paizo uh, game? The, uh, uh, what is it? My god, we are so jet lagged. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, the name of the party. What's the name of the group? The the like I'm like all I can hear. I was like busted mufflers. Like no, that's not it's it. Not busted mufflers. Oh my god! So I stupid. I can even remember. see the logo partially, and I can't. Oh my god! This is just god, so funny. This is insane. Anyway, when I play Hawk Raven Eagle Crow, you play. Mm-hmm. Uh, fill in the blank orphan you play puncher. orphan puncher Ecthelion, mm-hmm. uh orphan puncher and that you know so that's a monk so you've definitely dealt with some uh combat in that regard but yeah not a fighter so curious to see how it plays out what is what is his build he's a two-handed build is that what he is yeah two-handed, two-handed weapon. build which is a little bit i one of the things that i one of the mechanics that i like in second edition is the whole shield kind of shield race shield block all that yes stuff. agreed so i was just like uh i really do like this 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 sword and board is more feels more hands-on in 2e than it was in 1e for sure so i was a little bummed that i'm kind of missing out on that but uh but i do love i love the big damage i love the you know big damage swings i finally have a, a striking rune on a weapon for the first time ever uh any kind of magic have just we we have not in any of the games we played. It feels like the our magic item, my magic weapon. Just, we just haven't had them. Yeah, really, for the most part. So yeah, it's it's that's been super fun. And 
yeah, it's 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 great, and and it, it, it's even at like Blood of the Wild, like it's such a low magic setting that we 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 won't probably in that either. So. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, let, well, let's get into that. Let's talk a little Blood of the Wild here. Uh, by the way, it's the Thunder Company because it came Thunder to me. Company. The Thunder oh, Company, God. of course. Yes, of course. Uh, Thunder Company is the shit. Blood of the Wild, for those of you that don't know, we talked a, bit, a little bit about it last week with Jared, uh, is our, um, Pathfinder 2E game on, uh, Patreon that, uh, you can get at the $10 tier. It's a weekly Pathfinder 2E campaign where we're playing Quest for the Frozen Flame. Jared is GMing it. Skid and I playing it along with Paula Deming and Mary Lou, who are phenomenal. Awesome. And, uh, you play, uh, what feels like, uh, the character you've had the most fun with ever on the network. That's sort of the vibe <laughs> that I'm getting. Uh, tell us about Olog. Uh, what is it? Olog Crowborn? Olog Crowborn. Olog Crowborn. Uh, talk to us about the, the character uh, and, and uh, how you're feeling playing him so far. Olog is a foundling orc who his origins. Full orc. Full-blooded orc. I definitely see the appeal uh, that you did not, <laughs> know. Did not get to experience. Right. <laughs> did I did I got to yeah did not get to experience. Yeah, but I see what you're thinking because <laughs> it's it is really really yeah he is and I I really just wanted to make a gigantic I love physically larger than life characters mm-hmm. and I yeah and I love Olag he's like I think he's seven foot I think he's seven foot four and like 420 pounds like something like a just a gigantic figure and like even for an orc like he's just like s- s- ridiculously oversized and he has the he, he is a uh titan he has a titan mauler instinct so it, le- it lets him use weapons that are even a size too big for him and so i just get to do massive amounts of single hit damage if <laughs> If I hit. So, uh, but that's been great because it's like I so much, especially like playing Aldo in side quests. It's just like I do like little bits of damage like here and there and I can boost other people and, you know, I'm very situational. But this to really, I feel so effective in a way that I haven't in a really long time. And I just, I just love the idea of the kid. I did, I did like, I, I thought through his whole kind of backstory, like how he got to be. Yeah. Well, that I think we did in the, character creation episode i talk about how he was the the tribe that uh, he ended up joining which is like the, the tribe uh, family that's in the uh, blood of the wild in the um quest of the frozen flame adventure path the way that they found him was they came across a an orc caravan like a mini caravan and they don't know what happened but all of the orcs were slaughtered they were all dead but they found this one infant and he was surrounded by the corpses of all of these crows. This little infant, like as these crows like came to pick him apart, as he was lying there, this infant, he crushed all of their necks. So it's <laughs> like, so awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's this little like kind of Hercules kind of backstory. And, and I have since like, I was like, Oh, now I know like where he actually came from and like what happened. Uh, so hopefully that can come out in gameplay at some point, but uh, it's, uh, it's, it's great. I'm just having such a blast with the character and just on the show in general, because Paul and Mary Lou, like they are so goddamn fun to play with. They're so talented and they're so, they're, they're having such a good time. Like they're not jaded. 
and worn down the way that the rest of us are like, with gaming. <laughs> so it's like, so they're great. And also, like, Jared is so fun to play with. That's the other thing we didn't mention is we got to go see Jared do some stand-up at the Dynasty Typewriter in LA. Yes, the first I, time we got I missed it because my it. flight was delayed. Yeah, your flight, your flight got delayed, so you missed out. But it, he was so good, and Nick Kroll was there. Like, it's a bunch of great lineup. I haven't seen live comedy in years. I used to go every week with my friend Mark Beasley and, and other people. And it was so I know fun. Mark. Mark's a great yeah, dude. Yeah, you know Mark Beasley, yeah. Yeah, we used to go like every every Sunday. We'd go down to the village and we watch uh, watch a show, and so that was great. And he's just and he's God, he's just so fun to play with. So uh, that is when we had because we had to record today, so the day after our flight back. And I told Samantha, just like this is the show. If you had to, if you told me like I have to pick one show for us to do the day after a, a jet lag trip, it would be this one. Yeah. Totally. Because it's yeah. the most fun. It is right now. It's the most fun that I have on the network. It's, yeah, I feel it's the so same fun. way. Like I, I, I saw the schedule and I was like, oh man, right after we get back, I'll be all jet lagged. I'm like, but this is the game that I can play. It's just yeah. so, it's really fun and really light. And the and the lower level gameplay is easier to sink your teeth into right now. And it's mm-hmm. just, and we built these characters from scratch, so we know them really well. And the uh, yeah, it's just the characters are awesome and. Yeah, it's, it's just this is basically an ad for Blood of the Wild, but it's it awesome. <laughs> uh, it's a it's a great game, and and uh, we we encourage you guys to check it out if you haven't already. Um, speaking of uh, of new games and and um, you know just I don't know building characters from scratch. I can't get too far into this because we're getting into spoiler territory, but our studio is ready to go, and we are going in. And we're about to go in and uh, really get to work on a lot of different stuff. And I don't want to go into great detail on anything, uh, but I will. Uh, I will say that we've we've made characters like mm-hmm. uh, for the new campaign, and I you can't give anything away because we've got stuff coming out to sort of introduce your characters. But um, I don't know. Like, is there anything you can talk about? Is there anything that you're excited about? Just generally speaking, in a vague way, like uh, what, what's what's going on in your mind as you head into the the you know this this Gatewalker's adventure? Uh, there's a lot. To th- I mean, I'm incredibly excited to start for a bunch of reasons. One is just like like you said, like starting from scratch, starting at level one and building with a character that you create like from the beginning. That's something that I just generally love doing. Very excited for that. My particular character that I've built, I fucking love. It's awesome to hear. Awesome to hear. (laughs) I can't, I can't wait. Like going through that, their backstory and everything and talking that through is, is so I seriously incredibly excited for that. I'm excited to play in person again. Mm -hmm. That is something that we've just. apart from the live stage shows that's something we never do anymore Mm -hmm. and it just takes everything to another level i think uh, for me and the studio itself is incredible it's come together really really nicely like the guys like we have on staff there now are are the friends of ours like they're so great and the you know the table is so good (laughs) everything everything is just it's it's so so exciting and um yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm as excited for this as I have been for I think anything that we've ever done. Uh, yep, I agree with you. I, I almost have, I've got feelings. It's strange because when you come at this project with a budget and you've got money to spend that we didn't have to spend during you know the initial launch of Glass Cannon Podcast, and we were playing Giant Slayer, you 
you know, it complicates things and it adds layers that are, you know, you would think would make it be like cooler or whatever. Sure. Maybe, maybe you could say that. But ultimately, what this ends up feeling like from an analogy standpoint is the start of Giant Slayer. Because like the start of Giant Slayer, the leaps that we were taking were so big and we were doing something we had never done before. We, you know, we obviously we'd played the game a ton, but we had never sat down to record it. We'd never done like steady background music and sound effects. We'd never uh, taped and edited our own games, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of big leaps. Well, it's the same thing here. We have never shot a show the way this show is about to be shot. We have never been in a studio like this around a table like this playing together. Uh, We've never had a just, table. We've never had a <laughs> we've never had a proper single table to game at before. Ever. Ever. Even, even, even when we were playing just before Glass Cannon, like just playing at home. Like we've never had a table. We've never so. had a table. We've we've always played pre uh, Giant Slayer and even into the start of Giant Slayer, we always played at couches and chairs on coffee tables and end tables and, and tray tables. Like that was always our game. Everybody just kinda had their little section or whatever. And when we started playing Giant Slayer in studio, we pushed a bunch of folding tables together and it was kind of big and awkward, but you know, it was what it was. This is the first time, you know, we're sitting around a gorgeous round table to sit together and just play a TTRPG. And it feels like the stakes are even higher than, and, and those stakes felt high when we first did Giant Slayer. You know, we mm -hmm. wanted to make an impressive product and we didn't know if we would stink. You know, we didn't know it was yeah. a big leap. And this is the same thing. Like, it's not that we think we might stink. It's that like, we don't know if this adventure is going to be good. We don't know if the characters are going to work well together. We don't know anything about the characters, but we've all, we've all individually built them and are so excited about them that now, now it's time to go. And, uh, it's happening. It's happening right, right, right now, basically. Yeah. So though you guys uh, may not hear it for a little while, it's, it's right. It's imminent in our world. And so, uh, so yeah, it's, it's happening. The other, <sighs> real quick, the other thing yeah. that is so great about this new, this new iteration of the Glass Cannon podcast is the addition of Sydney and Kate, which for the, especially for the live tour, just like going, they have like made my enjoyment level skyrocket just doing the tour because they have, they have so much fun with each other. It's like, it's, it's like being on a road trip with a couple of high school girlfriends. Mm -hmm. Like they're, they're just so, they're so insane and they just like, they, they kind of like build off each other and they just have so much fun and it's really infectious. And so that is something that I, I think will translate to our show as well. It's just, they're, they're so great to play with. So, yep. Yep. Yeah. So that's what this tour has been about. That's what Strange Aeons has been about with adding Sydney and Kate to the cast. It's, it's been all about practice and warm up for Gatewalkers, you know? And so yeah. it's, it's working. It is, it is working as intended. Our chemistry is really clicking. I feel like we're having so much fun playing those games. And then we're just having fun together on the road, like when we're we not are. playing the game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for a big chunk of that trip, uh, you were off you know, doing stuff with Samantha. 
Matthew was not in Seattle. Uh, he had a trip. So it was just Troy and I and Sydney and Kate, you know, for like an entire night one night. And we had a blast together. <laughs> and so, you know, those moments are important. You got to split off at times and do things with each other. You know, uh, Troy didn't make the comedy show. It was you and Matthew and Sydney and Kate, you know, so mm-hmm. it's just like those, those fun groupings uh, all help to build a better game and a better product in the long run. So yeah, that's, totally. Totally. that's where we're at. Um, okay. So I think I'm just going to wrap it up there. I mean, look, next week, uh, there's an outside chance that there's not a fodder next week just because of our recording schedule may not allow it. I, I don't think that's going to happen, but we're going to try to do fodder next week. But we are in studio so much next week that it, it may not happen. We'll see. Um, I will uh, keep you keep us um, keep an eye on social media. If you see that there's no can of fodder next week, that's just going to be because we're in studio and uh, we need a little summer break from fodder to, to crank out some Gatewalker stuff. If, um, but if we are on Troy, will be back and, uh, and we'll be hyping the release of getting the trunk season five. Dude. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah, that's the thing that if there happens to not, Oh, wait a minute. Oh no. Even if there's a fodder next week, it comes after the premiere. So everybody, Alert, alert, alert. I forgot. <laughs> I didn't like put this together when we started. Again, see jet lag. Tuesday, July 11th. Next Tuesday. That's it. It is time. It is uh, uh, getting the trunk season five is releasing. And uh, nobody knows anything about this kid. They don't know anything about episode one. Oh, man. Uh, episode one is unbelievable. Of it season is, five. You're in for a treat. You are in for a treat. It you is. are in for a treat. I and, honestly. Uh, some surprises. Exactly. Lots of surprises. I don't want to sound too cheeky on this. I don't want to say it too often. I want to reserve use of it. And I think that I do. If you can pull it off, I think watching this live on Twitch next Tuesday night is you're going to be you're going to want to be there to say you saw it first live. The things that happened in that episode and the experience of that episode. So I hope uh, everybody is able to make it out and watch it live. If you're not, it'll release, uh, believe the next day uh, on Patreon and uh, on YouTube. So I'll uh, be there for sure. I'm going to be in the chat. I'm going to watch it, seeing people's reaction to this stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to being there. So uh, Tuesday, July 11th, the premiere of Get in the Trunk Season 5 live on twitch.tv slash the glass cannon, 8 o'clock Eastern time. And uh, I'll tell you this much. I'll give you a little insider info. We go a little long. So <laughs> it's going to be a nice, chunky episode. Please, please uh, settle in and enjoy it with us live. Skid, buddy, thank you so much for guesting today, man, for stepping Always in for pleasure. the Always a pleasure. It's been too long. Thank you for having me. Dude, thank you for doing it, especially I know how exhausted we are, but uh, <laughs> it, it is we're back. We're going to get uh, this jet lag fixed, and then... Um, Man, there's lots to work on. Gatewalkers get in the trunk. Legacy. So we didn't even talk about Legacy today. There's just so much going on. Uh, but yeah, excited for more Legacy as well. So until next time, thanks a lot, everybody. Uh, hopefully we'll see you next week. If not, we'll see you in two weeks. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Glass Cannon Network. For more podcasts and live streams, visit GlassCannonNetwork.com. And for exclusive shows and content you can't find anywhere else, subscribe today at Patreon.com slash GlassCannon. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? 
Well, we dove deep into the Empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale, it's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to CounterClock now, wherever you listen to podcasts.